This is Free Talk Live. It is the Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231 is the number for you. It's the Packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And again, it is the live Saturday show. We're in here in the studio doing a program just for those of you listening on the weekend. The other talk show, radio talk show hosts, could care less about you. They can't be bothered. No, they just want to spend time with their families and uh, their books or whatever it is that they do with their free time. They're like cruising off to the Bahamas or something, playing golf. I don't know what they're doing. We, on the other hand, are dedicated to bringing you uh, as much live content as we possibly can, so here we are. And, of course, you can bring up whatever's on your mind. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features that you will find there are completely free. It is, by the way, uh, Veterans Day today. Yes, yes it is. It was observed yesterday, but today technically is Veterans Day, the 11th, 11th day, day of the 11th month, month. the 11th and all. We're, we're going to get into all that, but first, to Los Angeles and Reuters. Student leaders at a California college have touched off a furor by banning the Pledge of Allegiance at their meetings, saying they see no reason to publicly swear loyalty to God and the United States government. Hmm. Is this outrageous to you? Or is it totally acceptable? Where is this? A uh, California college. 1-800-259-9231. The Packet A toll-free line. Your thoughts on this? The move by Orange Coast College student trustees, the latest clash over patriotism and religion in American schools, has infuriated some of their classmates, prompting one young woman to loudly recite the pledge in front of the board on Wednesday night in defiance of the rule. The political science major, Christine Zoldos... She'll teach them said, America is the one thing I'm passionate about, and I can't let them take that away from me. And, by the way, I'd like to point out a important difference. They got a, uh, This article got a word wrong. They used the term patriotism. Uh, worshiping and pledging allegiance to a flag has nothing to do with patriotism and everything to do with worshiping nationalistic symbols. So I'm on the side of the, uh, the student leaders in this particular case. Well, I think that... Um I think that people should have the right to say the pledge or not say the pledge without repercussions. Oh, absolutely. But I I'm personally like it. You I, like what? I, the pledge. I'm fond of it. You like the Socialist Pledge of Allegiance? I don't know. if it, it Does it sound socialist yes, to you? Yes, it does, as yeah. a matter of fact. When you actually break it down, uh, it is a socialist indoctrination for, um, phraseology um, created by a Nazi, a national socialist, that's In the true. late 1800s, I Francis doubt. Bellamy, the man who wrote the Pledge of Allegiance. My understanding was uh, it was an effort uh, to some extent to sell flags, too. Whatever it was, it, uh, was it, it ended up being an effort to indoctrinate the youth of America into blind nationalism. The fact that they have the power to ban one of the most valued traditions in America is just horrible, said Zoldos, adding she would attend every board meeting to salute the flag. The move was led by three recently elected student trustees who ran for office wearing revolutionary-style berets <laughs> and said they don't believe in publicly swearing an oath to the American flag and government at their school. One student trustee voted against the measure, which doesn't apply to other student groups or campus meetings. The ban follows a 2002 ruling by a federal appeals court in San Francisco that said forcing school children to recite the pledge was unconstitutional because of the phrase, under God. Well, it should be <laughs> forcing school children to recite anything should be considered unconstitutional. Freedom of speech doesn't mean that you have the freedom to force other people to speak. I would, I would have to agree with that. Uh, the under God part is just an, an additional issue with the pledge. The pledge itself is the issue to me. At least, it should be an issue for you as well, unless you're a socialist. 
Unless you support socialism, which apparently you do here tonight, Mark. Whenever we talk about the pledge, you always get so red in the face and you get the vespers over it. Oh, my gosh, it's the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> and you know what? I just think that you just don't want to offend people. I think that you believe that if you take a anti-pledge position, that people are going to dislike you, and you're afraid of that. No, I like it. I like the feeling I get when I take it. I, uh, it, it makes me feel good. What's wrong with that? The ban follows a 2002, well, so does injecting heroin. Uh, the ban follows a 2002 ruling by a federal appeals court in San Francisco uh, that under God phrase is offensive to me, said student trustee Jason Bell, who proposed the ban. I'm an atheist and a socialist, wouldn't you know it? And you know what? Isn't this ironic? He's a socialist, but I bet he doesn't know that the pledge was written by a socialist. He says, and if you know your history, you know that under God was inserted during the McCarthy era and was directly designed to destroy my ideology. <laughs> Bell said that these are silly, these kids. Bell said the ban came largely about because trustees didn't want to publicly vow loyalty to the American government before their meetings. Quote, loyalty ought to be something government earns through performance, not through reciting a pledge. That's fine with me. Martha Parham, a spokeswoman for the Coast Community College District, said her office had no standing on the student board and took no position on the flag ban or the flag salute ban. Quote, if their personal belief is they don't want to say the Pledge of Allegiance, the district certainly isn't going to dictate that they do. Well, of course not. They're college kids. They're not little elementary school students anymore who are going to follow your every whim and your every desire and recite whatever it is you demand them to. So do you think that these kids are out of line? Am I out of line by suggesting that the, social, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance is, in fact, socialist indoctrination? 1-800-259-9231, because... It is. It's true. I mean, I understand this is iconoclastic and everything, and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this can't be true. He's just trying to stir it up. He's just trying to get people to call in on the phone lines. But go ahead and do the research. Go ahead and look up the history of the Pledge of Allegiance of the United States. And then... It's disturbing, no doubt. Yeah. When you see the photos of, uh, of, of little grade school kids with their arms outstretched in front of them doing something akin to the Nazi salute to right. the flag, this is before the hand over the heart thing. That's about. correct. The hand of the heart thing came about because Adolf Hitler adopted the hand straight out, that tor that's, you know, chest out salute. Which that, was sort of a Roman thing. Right. Well, I guess we adopted it from them, and then uh, he adopted it from us, and so uh, then it was changed in the, I guess it was around the 1940s or so, when it was changed to the hand over the heart. So kids in America wouldn't look like Nazis saluting the flag in the morning. 1-800-259-9231, the packet eight toll free line with your thoughts on this issue. Or we're going to the phones, and you can take control of the airways and bring up whatever you want. Dave in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hi, Dave. I don't have any real strong feelings on that one, but uh, I did have a Lauren Canario update for you. Yes, Lauren Canario, the uh, activist superstar who was arrested for sitting on a front porch reading a book in New London, uh, New London Connecticut, during her protest, uh, one of her protests, in regards to the uh, eminent domain seizings down there, she's been in jail for well over 50 days at this point for reading a book on a front porch. What's the latest? Well, a couple more letters have gotten out from her, I think three. Ah. Uh, one of them, I guess, was addressed to me. I haven't gotten it yet, but uh, two others have arrived, and um, I don't know I don't know what was in them. I thought you guys actually might have already looked it up on the net or whatnot. We uh covered the original before. letters that she wrote to Kat, uh Kat Dillon. We read some of those we read some excerpts from those on the air. Uh was this the next in the last day or two? No, no, this was last week. So you're saying these are oh, new okay. new letters. Yeah, these must be just hot off the presses, because uh, I just got I just heard about them on the on the web forum. So do you have yeah. any selections but, for us? 
no, I don't. I don't know what she had to say in them. I haven't seen any of them yet. I, I see. just heard about them. Okay, um, so we should I be expecting that she'll be. Uh, they'll be posted over at the nhfree.com forum sooner rather than later. I think they were posted earlier today. Okay. Like I said, I didn't directly see them. I'd also, they. Um, I know I did get a chance to call the administrative assistant for the warden there, uh, and I've called her. I guess talked to her three times now, uh, and she does seem to be, you know, pretty helpful. I mean, we. Uh, I, I brought up all the concerns that were in Lauren's first letters where she was talking about how the fact that they, uh, uh, I guess they don't let her, they weren't letting her have a blanket apparently, or they were taking it away from her, or she was too cold even with a blanket or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, was a, there was definitely a temperature issue or at least a coldness issue for her at night trying to sleep. Uh, and I brought that up and hope that will get dealt with. Right. Yeah, they've, but, they've essentially got her in solitary confinement as I understand it. Freezing her out. It's pretty Maybe. despicable. Now the gal at the at the office told me that the uh, at the prison I should say told me that the uh, standard temperature is supposed to be 68 degrees right. in each cell, uh, and she's supposed to have a blanket. And she seemed what's interesting is when the this this time that I called her, she seemed a lot to know a heck of a lot more about Lauren. And she did the first time well, that's good her. because there's been more than just you. There's been people all around the uh, the country calling in on behalf of Lauren Canario and bringing more attention to her case. So it makes sense that the bureaucrats might have done a little bit more research and found out who exactly this uh, person was that was receiving all this attention. Because for the most part, and Dave, thank you for the call. We appreciate the update. For the most part, when somebody goes to jail, everybody forgets about them. Except for maybe mom and dad. Out of sight, In this out of case, mind. there are people all over the place paying attention to this, as we are, and we'll keep bringing you the updates. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free number for you, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The archives are there. An entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the site, for your downloading convenience. So enjoy them for free. Freetalklive.com. And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. Come and hear a speech by John Stossel, entitled Enemies of Liberty. The three-day event is starting February 23rd, running through the 25th. Early bird discount is available now, but only for a limited time. So get registered at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum as we go to the phones to the fun. Let's talk to Brian in West Virginia listening uh, on Super Talk. Hello, Brian. Brian in West Virginia going once. Brian in West... He should be there. Uh, Brian, are you there? Brian in West Virginia. Well, then. Well, maybe we'll try his line a little bit later. In the meantime, we'll try uh, Jim in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Jim. Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Hey, Jim. What's on your mind? Uh, Well... On uh, Tuesday, I guess Tennessee passed a new constitutional amendment banning gay marriage, something like 80% in favor. So, I mean, yikes. Yeah. Uh, I, I, mean, I was just thinking, you know, I mean, I went to public education, and I don't know, I'm probably worse for wear for it, but we'll never know. But, I mean, I took social studies, and I learned my Bill of Rights, and I learned about the separation of church and state, and I just wonder why so many people. You know, think that they can just impose their religion on other people. It's an excellent question. I mean, if you um, if you're somebody who would like to impose their religion on another, we'd I'd love to hear from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I don't think most people would admit to it. I don't think most people would admit up front that that indeed is what they want to do. And and this isn't specifically posing their religion on someone else as much as it is posing imposing their moral system and their value set on somebody else. 
either way, I mean, you think enough people go through social studies nowadays just understand that at some point you just can't do that kind of thing. Well, apparently they can, and they are, and they're going to get away with it. And I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty outrageous. I mean, well, of course, the the true answer is to get the government out of marriage entirely. And if indeed government and um, and religion should be separate, then people who are of a religious nature should be absolutely outraged that government has gotten its mitts into marriage. And it has been there. It's been that way since approximately Civil War times, when the government got involved in marriage to keep black and white folk from marrying one another. That was the reason why government marriage licenses were created in the first place. Right. I mean, somebody made the argument to me uh, earlier today that you can't compare, like, banning gay marriage to issues like slavery or, like, uh, universal suffrage because it's homosexuality is a condition they choose, which, I mean, I don't agree with, but I'm not, that's not even the point of the argument because it, it, you can compare it because any way you look at it, it's denying people their right to liberty, which is just abhorrent and it's against everything this country stands for. Well, if we had one of the anti-gay marriage people on the line with us right now, they'd probably say something like, uh, well, you, you have a right to be together, but a marriage is between a man and a woman, and uh, we're just protecting that. I'm not saying that you can't get together with another man if you, if you want, but uh, a marriage is between a man and a woman. And they feel like government needs to be around to uh, enforce their ideal vision of what marriage is. Yeah, I mean, marriage as a religious institution can certainly be between a man and a woman. It definitely it occurs. It depends on what your religion believes. But marriage is also, as a separate institution, a social contract, and nobody has any business imposing their will on what on whether people want to like share their property rights. I was going to agree with you that uh, I was going to disagree that marriage was uh, religious uh, and that it was to some extent social um, uh, social contract. But there you go, you've said it for me. Very good, Jim. Did you have any other thoughts on this? No, nah, I just wanted to express my moral outrage. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You know, here's what converted me on it because I was anti-gay marriage at one point. Okay. Uh, I you, just you re- went gay. <laughs> no, <laughs> I just. You know, the Bill of Rights, when it, uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson wrote down life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Except it, for the gays. Right. I mean, I, I could just not see that this would be a pursuit of happiness. Seems to me that that's what that's about. It's their life. They can do what they want. I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be using the guns of government to tell them that they can't. I shouldn't be excluding them from whatever uh, rights that uh, married couples have. I'm not exactly sure what those are. At, you know, conversely, I also don't think that an employer should be required to give, um, you know, necessarily the same benefits to a gay couple. Um, as, Certainly not. Uh, you know, I don't think employers. Couple. I don't think employers should be required to give benefits to anybody. I mean, if you want to go and I don't think they should require to be equal either. I mean, you know, um, they could not give benefits, but I think that they should be able to give benefits to a married uh, heterosexual couple as well as a married homosexual couple. Sure, employers, whatever. Employers should be able to decide on a variety of things. They should be able to decide whether or not to hire somebody based on if they like, you know, their sexual orientation. If you're if you're gay, or for instance, if you're a gay business owner and you only want to hire gay people, then you should be free to do that. Or if you're uh, a racist and you only want to hire white people, you should be able to do that too, and let the marketplace decide as to whether or not you're um, you're making the right choices. I mean, it's it's so simple. Why do we have to force everybody into this one-size-fits-all paradigm that the government demands of us? That that fits under the uh, 
pursuit of happiness thing for me too. If if an employer if it make it would make an employer unhappy to give uh you know equal benefits to their gay married employees as it would their um, straight married employees, I don't think they should be forced to do so. You know, as many times as we've talked about marriage and getting the government out of marriage on the air here on Free Talk Live, we've we've certainly talked to a variety of people and. We've talked to people that don't believe that gay people should be able to get married, and we've talked to people on the other side of it, but it does seem to be that whenever we bring up the point that, hey, what's government doing in this in the first place? That seems to resonate pretty well with at least the callers that have talked to us on Free Talk Live, but yet when when my former girlfriend and I were talking about possibly having a non-governmental marriage, all we got were just stunned looks from people. People didn't understand. People could not comprehend this. And so I wonder why it is that we get one response on the air, and I got another completely different response uh, from people in real life. Well, I think that people um, uh, kind of look at it like this. It would be fine and dandy if marriage wasn't um, sanctioned by the government, but if you're going to get married, you should make the biggest commitment possible because it is uh, the big commitment. So... I see what you're saying. You should get married. So for some reason, some reason it's bigger. It's a bigger commitment because the state's involved. Well, if if uh, not to me, not in my heart. Company um, had a a marriage out there at the same time, you know, and somehow that became popularized, Mm -hmm. and uh, so you could get a government marriage and a Ford marriage. I think that everybody would say, well, you got to do both because you're getting married. Really? Yeah, I think that it's just you should take the big commitment. You're getting married. You need to jump in both feet. If I think that's, that's what people think. If that's true, and if you're somebody that thinks that way, perhaps you could explain to me why it is that government makes a marriage more legitimate. Why is it that having a violent third party demanding rules and regulations and that you follow their silly one-size-fits-all laws, why is it that that means that you're somehow more committed to the other person? 1-800-259-9231, and would still love to hear somebody explain to me uh, why it is that they um, that they bother saying the Socialist Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, we, we touched on that earlier in the show, a group of California students banning the, so, the Socialist Pledge of Allegiance. Of course, the irony is the kids were socialists in the first place, so I don't think they even understood what they were doing. But nonetheless, um, the facts are the facts, and the pledge is a socialist mantra. 800-259. They're socialists that want to uh, pledge to a different uh, form of government. Yeah. 1-800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind on the way. We're going to talk about Veterans Day and more. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what you want, toll-free, 800-259-9231. Tis the Saturday edition of the show, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. That's 1-800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line. You bring up what you want. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we've got the Shrine of Female listeners. Ladies from all around the world have sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. You can see what I mean by visiting the Shrine for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. We're going to talk about Veterans Day uh, coming up here tonight still, but I want to go across uh, the world to Australia in a moment. First, we're going to Bob in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Bob. Hello. Hey. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? 
Well, uh, your comment in regards to the, the government's involvement with recognition of marriages, uh, I'm an accountant, and the first thing that came to my mind is, is the, are the tax ramifications, and I'm pretty confident that that's, that's what a marriage license is all about. Well, these days it probably is what it's all about, getting the $100 or 75 bucks or whatever it is the marriage license fee is. Um, but back in the original days, uh, when marriage license came about, it was absolutely about uh, racism and keeping blacks away from whites. That's probably true. Indeed. So do you believe that the government marriage certificate actually adds any legitimacy to a marriage, or it's just to enrich the government coffers? Oh, I think it's for tax purposes only at this point in time. Well, what tax purposes do the, does the government benefit from marriage? I mean, I understand that there's a dollar fee. No. That, well, no. I, I'm talking about federal and state taxes as far as as how you file and and your your tax filing status. And uh, you, you know, when when you think about a family, uh, a family unit with with children in particular, you know, there are there are definitely tax tax ramifications for uh, you know just being able to afford a family. And that's one of the few things that the the government does recognize and give certain tax breaks to but when it comes to the to the uh marriage certificate itself i think that that would just be between uh you know uh, uh filing single or filing married i see so if we didn't have all these pesky taxes to deal with then it might be a little bit easier to get rid of government marriage certificates oh probably so Probably so. So we just need to end the income tax, and then uh, then we can get rid of marriage certificates. <laughs> I, I wish we could do that. I do. Why can't we do that? <laughs> well, I, I guess we could, but uh, I think our, we'd be in a sad state of affairs with with no funding for uh, for the government. Oh, that doesn't or seem do too sad. I don't know. That doesn't seem too sad to me. It seems like it'd be a, a wonderful day for the rest of America because then all of us productive people that actually do creative things with our money, create products and services for the economy, would actually have more money in our pockets in order to create more wealth with. seems like that would uh, be one of the first days on a, on a bright, bright future for the rest of America. Well, that's a very good point, in particular when you, when you think of, uh, of the productive taxpayers funding uh, you know, the welfare rolls. Uh, that does uh, give a lot of credence to your, your idea. Yeah, not just the welfare, though, but every dollar that goes to government is, uh, is unproductive for the most part. I mean, it, go, it goes to a bunch of unproductive bureaucrats that sit around in office and push pencils all day while they eat donuts. Well, it, and, it, and it pays their paychecks for them to do, well, you know, busy work, essentially. Well, that's true. I, I agree with that. But when you think of our, our uh, road systems and our, our military and... You know, it, you'd be hard-pressed to have people volunteering to pay for those type of things. I, I understand where you're coming from, um, but for one, um, the military in its current form is unconstitutional. Um, you know, the Constitution states pretty clearly that the Army should only be in existence for two years, um, and, you know, our Army has been in existence for mm, a lot longer than that. Um, as, secondly, when it comes to roads... I think that that could probably be handled, uh, personally, I believe that could be handled through a gasoline tax. Um, we already have gas tax, but it all goes into the general fund. Hmm. I think that specifically a gas tax aimed at um, road building would it would make sense for people that don't have cars. Why should they be paying for roads? Um, I agree. That's not very fair. So, I mean, that way you wouldn't be taxing someone's income, asking them all these invasive questions the government has no reason to know about, mm. and uh, forcing them to fill out paperwork, uh, just reams of paper. Um, my, my tax return, I mean, it must have been 
30 pages long last <laughs> year. And um, I was forced to fill it out. If I didn't fill it out, they would have put me in jail. Yeah. Um, now, that's, that's slavery. In any way you cut it, when you force somebody to do something and you don't pay them to do it, even if you do pay them to do yeah, it. That's an indentured it's, servant. It, it's slavery. Yeah. And yep. so, I mean, gas tax, I would just pay at the pump. Mm-hmm. So, Bob, did you have any other thoughts for us tonight? No, that's it. Thank you for Thank the you call, man. Much. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Don't you love it how whenever the suggestion comes up that we should get rid of taxes, well, what about the roads? I mean, it's almost like clockwork, isn't it, Mark? Well, the roads are a valuable thing, and people want to have them. And it's one, and of, the, it's presume, one of the services the government provides that people really like. Well, they presume, the presumption is that government must be the provider of roads. And if indeed that is um, what we're going to presume, then your solution is far preferable to having any other form of tax to provide um, to provide for roads. However, I think we need to examine the presumption that government should indeed be providing roads, when in fact uh, I think it's absolutely the case that the market, the market that can handle all sorts of amazing tasks. I mean, look at the supermarket, look at the grocery store you go to with the thousands and thousands if not a hundred thousand products on the shelves all of these different manufacturers different companies all coming together in this one place to provide an easy access for individuals to pull whatever product they need off a shelf throw it in the cart and take it home i mean this is this is an incredible market function that is provided as as an afterthought no nobody thinks about how amazing a supermarket is but yet for some reason we believe that the roads must be provided for by the state well i think a supermarket is not as good of a an example as a mall. A supermarket's owned by one okay. business. A mall, on the other hand, is a bunch of businesses coming together. You know, usually it's they're renting space in a larger business, but essentially a bunch of businesses coming together, providing a um, covered walkway yeah. for people to go between their stores. Um, could not. I, I'm not saying that this is what what I you know I want to have happen necessarily. Mm-hmm. I would like to see um, free market solutions to everything. But I would prefer to see a gas tax in the interim. Um, but look, th- can you believe it? These stores provided covered walkways between them, and there's no there's no selling space in that covered mm, walkway. Yeah, I can't believe that they're all pitching in money for this. But they do. I see. That's an excellent example. And um, why wouldn't they provide? Paved surfaces for you to drive a motor vehicle to those covered walkways. They do walkways. want your business, don't they? I mean, they provide the parking lot. There's or, no there's no revenue coming in off the parking lot. And that's just one suggestion. I, what I love to do is look at these long-held beliefs by people, this long-held belief that the government must provide the roads, when in fact, if you look at the government's performance with the roads, you, would, you must have. You have to come to the conclusion, why are we doing this again? I mean, the road construction projects are atrocious anywhere you go in this country. Uh, they take forever, they're really expensive, and they're really annoying. They love working right in the middle of the day. And in some cases, they figured out that it's good to work in the overnight. But, I mean, if we would just turn this over to market functions, you'd have road construction going on at 3 in the morning. It'd be faster, it'd be cheaper, and they'd last longer. Right. The, There's no doubt about it in my mind. Few things are more sad than driving through an area where there's road construction going on that has been going on and on and on, and watching and looking over to the side at the strip malls and those sort and the businesses on the side yeah, of the road, suffering, who are being punished because they just so happen to be located on the road where the government has de- uh, determined that it needs to do some upgrades. To. I I know a lady. Um, I I I used to sell advertising, uh, you know, in a, in a town in Florida, and I would, uh, you know, talk to business owners on a daily basis. I sold local advertising. Sure. I talked to a woman who. 
rented a spot on a road just before they started construction. She didn't oh, no. know. Maybe she didn't do her research. Yeah. But, well, you know, whatever. Maybe she could have found this out. I don't know the answer to that. Well, who thinks of these things? I mean... But, you know, the road was there, and it yeah. was paved, and everything was great. Right. Well, then they started construction, and for her whole first year, they were constructing. Well, you know as well as I do, that the first, first year, year is, is crucial. Yep. She was expecting a certain amount of cash flow. She ended up closing her doors, oh, and her business was gone. And no the apologies road... no apologies from the government. Nope. Now, they're not going to make good on it, and you certainly, you, know, you certainly couldn't expect the taxpayers to come in there and keep this woman's business alive, whereas if it was a privately funded road, funded by the business owners on that road, for instance, then those people would be lickety-split working as fast as they possibly could to get that job done. And that's just one suggestion is how roads could be provided by the market. More's on the way. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Call toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's 800-259-9231. And get interactive at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, Saturday edition. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up what you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231, 1-800-259-9231, Packet 8 for all your voiceover IP needs, Packet 8. Dot, is it .com or .net? Will either one work? I believe that Packet 8, uh, Packet 8.com is what I've always used. Okay, very good. So Packet8.com. All right, so it is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You like the show, you want to help support us, then you should vote at vote.freetalklive.com. We're current, uh, as of yesterday, we were ranked at number two the number two podcast in the world, which, that's pretty good. It's contentious. Um, but it's, it's a very, very difficult fight. There's some seriously popular podcasts we're contending against, and we need your assistance. Vote.freetalklive.com if you've yet to do it. It's just a once-a-month sort of thing. Great way to register your appreciation for the show, maybe the fact that you appreciate that we give you everything on our website for free. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com today. Cast your vote for Please. Free Talk Live. It helps bring more people to the to the show, and therefore more new people to the message of freedom and liberty. And by the way, I just wanted to recap, or not recap, but add in a couple of extra suggestions to those of you that have maybe recoiled in fear in the last segment when uh, I suggested that we don't need the government to provide roads. I mean, this is one of the long-held beliefs of people that, well, because government always has done it in my lifetime, it must mean that government should do or needs to do this, when in fact that's not the case. We already suggested that business owners would have a vested interest in providing a way for consumers to come to their business, therefore perhaps paying for the road. I think there's also some other ways that we might want to consider, just off the top of our heads here, as far as what some ways uh, the, the market can handle road providing, Maybe a road could be owned partially by all of the people on it to where there's sort of a you know a coalition of people behind the road making decisions. Or one person could sell their share of the road to the person next door to them if they didn't want to deal with it or make any decisions on in regards to the road. Well, um, I, I, we've seen... I've seen circumstances where private roads can be a real problem, especially the what you're talking about. Either, um, A, you have a, a situation where, let's say, four people live on the road and it's mm-hmm. a private road. Um all four people have to agree on something to, to be done as far as the road goes because yeah. how are you going to get somebody to pay for their portion if they don't vote for it? Um, or sure. secondly, the people own the portion that's right by their house where three people keep the road up nicely and the third person yeah, essentially has a big pothole um, as part of their road. Well, they're going to damage their shocks in their car and, driving to and from their house. Yeah, but what if you live at the end of the street and they live at the <laughs> top front of the street? 
Well, you should have gotten into a contract with those people um, beforehand, determining who's to pay what for the roads. How are you going to do that when you're buying in a advance. house? Uh, well, that's part. That would be part of the road deal on the house. All of these things can be ironed out with contracts and agreements in advance. Yeah, but they, um, they can be difficult. Or a road can be owned by a private owner. For instance, maybe uh, the Ford company would purchase an entire road and support the road by putting billboards up for Ford cars on that road or Michelin tire or something like that. Or the gas stations themselves might actually pay for the for the roads. Who knows what would happen when we if we were to just leave it to the market to decide. Well, I can tell you that for certain that roads would be cheaper if uh, businesses were involved in uh, of you know, uh, handling them. And roads are cheaper even if the government opens them up to bid. If you owned a road, you wouldn't have to be restricted on how many billboards would be along it. You could just have billboards. One end to the other, and you could, you know, handle you could, but advertising that might also, that. You could, but that might also turn some people off, people that might want to see a little scenery, that might want to see some trees or whatever. As Have you been on an interstate recently? Is All they are is trees planted along the side. Yeah, I understand that. I'm just saying, if it was all billboards, some people might get offended and take an alternate route. That's all. The market would decide all these things. Let's go to the phones to the phone. You take control of the airwaves. Ray in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Hello. Ray. Uh, this isn't Ray. Well, who is this? This is Mike in upstate New York. Hi, Mike in New York. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I, I was actually calling concerning your uh, inquiry a little earlier about the uh, the marriage certificates and the licenses and all that sort yeah. of stuff. And uh, I just heard you mention uh, contracts and agreements, and really that is the whole key to the, the state-issued license deal. Uh, in order to really inform everybody about this, it, it really goes back to... When we, for example, say I was getting married with someone, it goes back to as far back as when we were born. Now, when a person is, when an individual is born Mm -hmm. in our current society, uh, the first thing that happens is that birth certificate gets sent to the Department of Commerce. And the Department of Commerce issues what is called a certificate of birth. Okay. Now, I know they sound like they're the same thing, but they're totally different. They have totally different legal meanings and all that. Now, the certificate of birth is basically a certificate stating that a entity was created in this name, this name being the name of the child, the child. except in all caps. <laughs> and we're, we're, we're getting into legalese here, but yeah. uh, we're, we're also getting into the issue of sovereignty. Uh, but the point is, the, the certificate of birth that we all receive mm-hmm. is, is stating that this entity was created, this is a fiction of law known as a person, was created in this name. Now, most people don't know this. I mean, everybody, you know, they think, oh, yeah, this is my birth certificate and all that. It's not. It really isn't. What it is is um, uh, you've probably seen the movie The Matrix, right? Mm-hmm, sure, sure. And actually, I'm familiar with what it is that you're bringing up here, this uh, suggestion that there's this legal entity created. Uh, it's all in caps. That's why the government always refers to you uh, in its official documents, all in capital letters, which is indeed a very curious thing, as though yes, they yes. don't have lowercase uh, you know, functions on their keyboards these days. Uh, and I, I really just – my question for you is what's the relevance of this? Well, you, you see, the thing is, with the state-issued marriage certificate, mm-hmm. the person is what is known as a corporation. It is an incorporation of the state. In order for those two entities, those persons, to be bonded, the state has to merger the corporations. Okay. 
And that's what it is. It's basically a certificate of a mergering of two corporate entities into one. Got it. And that's how they do the whole taxation and all that sort of stuff. So they say they own you. Yeah, basically they they're claiming they own you, but what well, they're they I, don't I would say I would say, say that to, to some extent that's true because um, if a Federal Reserve note is a statement of debt, um, and you know the 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 federal government spends money that it has not yet collected, then what it's doing is spending your and and you work in order to to make Federal Reserve notes. Then what in fact it's doing is spending your labor. So Precisely. it's using you as a slave. I. I can Precisely. see the point there, but I, I don't know. It's it's a very difficult. I mean, what you're explaining, we understand because we've uh, we've talked about this before in the past. And uh, but it, it, I mean, really, the relevance of uh, this to the average American, what's the point of it all, Mike? Well, see, the problem is the average American is completely oblivious to the whole thing. They really are. Everybody, well, if... everybody has a double, so to speak. It's a corporate double. Yeah, but let, but how about this? I mean, if you come into a courtroom and the you know you're being charged with not paying taxes, for instance, and you say, well, I didn't have to, I don't have to pay taxes. That's just my corporate entity that has to pay taxes. That judge is going to laugh you into a cage. Well, in some kangaroo courts, yes, the lower courts typically do tend to do that. In the upper courts, they know a little more what they're talking about. Yeah, has there ever uh, been an example? Do, has there you, ever been an example of anybody effectively using this argument in any sort of a courtroom situation? Because we've heard claim after claim, but we've never actually seen anything concrete on this, Mike. Uh, actually, yes. Um, I spent quite a bit of time with some individuals in uh, Wisconsin, and they have a, a very good track record in the courts. Do they have a website or any sort of public information? Because the other thing that you'll find when people start bringing up this, uh, these, these claims is that they'll always trail it with, well, yeah, I know this guy who knows a guy, and uh, you can contact him, and for $900, he'll explain to you how you can get out of the system. I mean, there's, then there's always some sort of a, a payday for somebody here, and that's what uh, makes me you know, very wary about claims like this. Yes, there are a lot of folks out there that uh, unfortunately do charge for the information, which is basically... Uh, you know, it's information. You really can't charge for information, but they do. I, I know, I know, and understand what you're talking about. Uh, Brett Emery is a good example. He's a good guy, but he does charge quite a large fee, and that's yeah. because his services are in high demand. Well, that's it's just a load of crap. Because if these people actually cared about freeing the American populace, they would be getting this information out there, presuming it's legitimate. And I'm not so sure at this point, but they would be getting this information out there on a free basis. And then they would be accepting contributions and donations because if it is indeed so valuable, people will free themselves from the system, destroy their corporate entity, and then they'll say, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for giving me this information. Here, here's 500 bucks. But here's what I'd like you to do, Mike. If you have any sort of information that is on the free side, post it on our bulletin board system at bbs.freetalklive.com, if you would, please, because I know a lot of our listeners are very, very interested in this. And thank you for the time tonight. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So what are you talking about, Mark? Very interesting in theory. He's going to free America. He's going to post that stuff on yeah, the BBS. we'll see about that. And then everybody's going to know. Yeah, we'll see about that. Well, you know. They say they will. They say they will, and they never do. And so it's just a fascinating theory that he's talking about, but as to whether or not it has relevance, I don't think it does. You try getting in front of a judge and try arguing that you're not really who you say they are, they say you are, and that you're really a fictional entity. We'll come back with more. Hour two's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. <laughs> 
With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. The live Saturday edition, Ian here with you. And Mark. The Packet 8 toll-free line for you is 1-800-259-9231. And, of course, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features you'll find at freetalklive.com are totally free. So enjoy them. As we go to the phones and to the fun, this is the show about your call. So let's try Ray again in Illinois. Ray, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, Ray. Thanks for your patience. What's on your mind? Oh, well, I uh, wanted to give you some free information in reference to the Internal Revenue Service. Okay, sure. And uh, along with that, uh, you might try Aaron Russo's new film. Uh, Aaron Russo's film, uh, Freedom to Fascism, which that is will... excellent. We saw it actually when it was in its uh, preview phase, when they were taking it from uh, city to city, giving it uh, audience previews, basically, and it's now actually available through his website, which is freedomtofascism.com. Uh, it's a great movie because it looks into whether or not the IRS really is or is not a voluntary agency. In that, you know, is it? There have been claims for years that it's voluntary to pay taxes. And the IRS has been asked over and over again, you know, is this true? Is it voluntary? If not, show me the law that requires me to pay taxes. So that's what Aaron Russo went to actually do in this film. And it's one of the things the film covers beyond the federal. It also covers the Federal Reserve and and that whole scam as well. But I, I, I take it you've seen it. Yes, I have, and it's also free for everyone to look at uh, on Google also. That's right. Google Video, I believe, has a copy but of it. But I wanted to bring your attention to a ad that was run in the USA Today newspaper Okay. a few years back, and it was called Dear We the People. They offered uh, a couple, a few people got together, and they offered $50,000 to anyone that could prove to them that uh, we are required to pay income tax uh, especially on our labor, along with the employers that hire us. Mm-hmm. They don't have to uh, pay taxes either. So far, no one's collected the $50,000. Well, one lady tried to, an IRS agent, she saw the advertisement, and she decided that she was going to try to collect on it. And she's still researching. Right, well, she did the research, and she had to, She decided she had to quit her job Yes. as a result of it, because she came across the information that uh, she couldn't find anything that required people to pay income taxes, and sh- so she realized that what she was doing, that is in- forcing people to pay these things, was absolutely wrong, and so she couldn't live, it- live with herself that way. She had to quit her job uh, with the yeah, IRS. She's, she's the one, of, one of the people who uh, uh, put the ad in the paper. I also wanted to give you uh, a case that was ruled upon and dismissed by the U.S. Justice Department and the IRS uh, on May 12th in 2006 in Peoria, Illinois, in reference to the 1040 form that people pay, Mm -hmm. that fill out. Mm -hmm. When you fill out that form and give the IRS all your information, you waive your Fifth Amendment rights. Sure. Yeah, when you sign an agreement. Every year, that individual year, you do it one time or forever, how does that work? Every time you fill out a form. Right, and actually they found that, I think this might be the case you're referring to, 
they found that um, in the case of the uh, the 1040, the control number on the form is actually illegitimate. I guess all government forms, there's some sort of OMB, Program Office of Management or Budget. I don't know what it stands for. But essentially they found that they, uh, the IRS just sort of fudged the number on the form and they never actually had it correctly approved. There's and, also got to be a barcode on it. And so the uh, the case was thrown out, basically. Right. And, and there's just evidence after evidence that this whole IRS thing is a is a scam on the American people. People pay taxes because they just are scared. I mean, they know that uh, the, the that's the, why I pay. Well, they know the government goes after people from time to time and makes examples out of them, like Willie Nelson, like Wesley Snipes, these uh, sort of big name celebrities that uh, that also aren't paying taxes. And uh, and people see the these prosecutions going on and they get frightened and they're just they're too timid to actually do anything about it. Now, yourself, Ray, do you still pay taxes? I'd rather not say that because uh, my internet and phone has been. Uh... Uh, under surveillance for quite a while now. I've been researching the Federal Reserve and the IRS. Uh, oh, come on, Ray. Now, wait a minute. If, oh, you're, yeah. if the government was ta- if, was tapping your phone lines and monitoring your emails, you'd think they would know as to whether or not you filed your income taxes or not. I mean, really, is it giving away so much information to tell us on the air? I mean, we don't know who you are. You're a guy named Ray, allegedly. <laughs> hey, let me tell you this first. Let me give you this uh thing here, this information, especially for the listeners, okay. if they go to a website called uh, GiveMeLiberty.org, yeah. there is a, um, uh, a case there in reference to the U.S. Court of Appeal rules. The IRS cannot apply force against a taxpayer without a court order. Yeah, there's some very interesting stuff at uh, GiveMeLiberty.org. In fact, I'm actually on that site right now. There you go. And, Ray, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. He's talking about the We the People organization. This is the organization that placed that full-page USA Today ad that he referenced. It's a group of people that um, is actually involved in a class-action lawsuit against the United States government as we speak. Essentially, what they've done is they've been working on this for years. This has been a very long process. But what they've done is they've come up with a series of questions that they would like to have answered. I mean, can you imagine this? Citizens in America want to have their questions answered. And so what they've done is they've presented government agents, the, uh, the for instance, bureaucrats in charge of the IRS, the president, the White House, the, the House and the, the, the Senate. They've presented them with a series of questions, not just about taxes, but also about the illegality of the, of the Iraq war and a variety of other questions that they just would like to have some answers to. I mean, gosh. This some is questions supposed to be a, I'd like answered, too. Right. It's supposed to be a representative government. And, and uh, we're paying them. Yeah. We're forced to pay them. Shouldn't so, they be forced to answer our questions? It's, it doesn't seem too outrageous to ask and expect answers. And Can I, can I read the uh, section in the First Amendment about redress of grievance? Yeah, sure. Well, it's it's um, the First Amendment here says, uh, let's see, abridging press, right of the people to peaceably assemble, and to petition the government for redress of grievance. Now, that's the First Amendment. We have the right to petition the government for redress of grievances. Doesn't sound like the government's too interested in our grievances. Well, I hadn't explained. They had uh, presented these petitions. They had presented this set of questions to various government officials and got no response. The government will not answer the question. So they filed a lawsuit. And the lawsuit is is intending to determine the meaning of the right to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Because according to We the People, that particular section of Amendment 1 to the uh, the Bill of Rights has never come in front of the Supreme Court in the history of the United States. Nobody has ever had the, asked the court to decide what that means. 
And so they're in the midst of that lawsuit right now in order to find out, do we indeed have the right to petition the government and and get them to answer our questions? Or does the government have the right to just ignore us and uh, do whatever they want to do? That's what this this case is going to determine. That's what they act like. Yeah, that is what they act like, and that's what they continue to act like. And the government is trying to throw as many roadblocks in front of this organization as they possibly can. So they've come up with a an interesting visual protest that they're uh, that they're working on, and it has a lot to do with V for Vendetta. Now, Mark, have you seen you saw V for Vendetta? Yeah, I saw you it with you, with as me, a matter of right? fact. Yeah. Um, well, what they've done is they've sent a masked man dressed as V from the movie V for Vendetta. They've sent him to Washington D.C. to once again present these bureaucrats with the set of the same set of questions again except this time in t- in total costume essentially uh, an anonymous citizen we don't know who this person was we just know that they were dressed as V and uh he was in Washington last week visited a variety of different places presented these petitions and as you might imagine he got a little bit of harassment from the secret service and the Washington police because he's a masked man walking around town I would imagine he did. And so I'm going to give you a little bit more on uh, what, what happened to him. But basically what the plan is, is they're going to be meeting 100 people also dressed as V. Because if you've seen the movie v, uh, v for Vendetta, towards the end of the film, the uh, the people in Great Britain, which is where the movie takes place, come out in mass, all in costume, in order to essentially um, stand in opposition to the tyrannical government that has been built up around them. And it's it's a very emotional, very powerful, moving scene. And to protect the uh, protagonist in the movie, um, right. by everybody being dressed just like he is, he's exactly. protected. And so they they turn out in droves, and that's what they want to do in reality in Washington D.C. Coming up on Tuesday is when this is going to take place. A hundred people are going to be standing across from the White House, dressed as V for V for Vendetta, in order to await. Some sort of response from some government agent. So just send out a, you know, a, a, an intern or somebody to talk to us and you know, give us an answer on these questions. That's what they're going to be doing this week. So we'll, of course, keep you up to date on the situation here uh, with this. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Are you like Ray? Do you think taxes are voluntary? Or you bring up whatever's on your mind. It is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live, the Saturday edition. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up what you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231 on the Packet 8 toll free line for you. And uh, again, you can take control of the airwaves. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website, by the way, freetalklive.com, the place to go. Everything you'll find on the site is totally free. That includes an entire year's worth of archives. Right there, front page, easily downloadable. Also, the bulletin board system. All of the features you'll find are on the house at freetalklive.com. And have you listened to Common Sense with Dan Carlin yet? Dan advertises on Free Talk Live because he realizes we've got an audience composed of people that aren't too happy with the big two parties, and he's not either. He sounds pretty mad about it sometimes. In fact, it's loud, fast, and smart. See what you think. Get the podcast from iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. That's dancarlin.com. We're talking about the We the People organization and the upcoming protest that they have scheduled in Washington, D.C. this Tuesday. And, of course, we're going to let you know how it goes as soon as we discover. But there was a bit of a, uh, I guess, an early sort of um, initial phase to this that happened this past week where they sent a masked man to Washington, D.C. in order to present petitions for redress of grievances to the government. 
to various different government offices, asking a series of questions about taxes, the war in Iraq, the constitutionality of both, and uh, some other items as well. And I sort of, when I heard about this concept in advance, I thought to myself, you know, this is brilliant. I thought it was a, I think it's a brilliant concept to have people get dressed up, very symbolic, you know, art essentially leading life is, you know, does life create art or does art create life, that whole thing. Um, well, anyway, people dressing up as V for V for Vendetta to go and protest uh, this out-of-control government that we have. Well, the first step I thought for sure, this guy was going to get arrested. The guy, single lone man dressed as V for V for Vendetta in downtown Washington, D.C. Cape, big hat, full face mask. mask. Right. I thought there's laws everywhere in this country about people wearing masks in public if it's not Halloween. And this didn't happen on Halloween. Uh, I, I figured he was going to get arrested. But, in fact, he didn't, although he did have some close calls with some police in Washington, D.C., including the Secret Service. He actually never did get arrested, nor was he forced to remove his mask. So I'm going to read a little bit of the story here from We the People. Uh, GiveMeTheLiberty.org is their website. At the White House, about a dozen Secret Service agents appeared on foot, bicycles, and car to meet with V while virtuously – I love the way they write this. They use a lot of V words in the, <laughs> in the article – while virtuously assuring, assuring the security of the state, they were curious about the image of V and asked many questions. Most, when asked if they had seen the movie V for Vendetta, smiled their approval. When an agent asked if V would remove his mask for identification purposes, V explained that that would defeat the very purpose of the mask – which was to give expression to the fact that the nation was becoming a police state and that too many people were becoming afraid to be identified as dissenters or protesters and that this was not in the long-term interest of a free people. The agents accepted the veracity of V's message and refrained from veering V from his vanguard visit <laughs> as the Vox Populi. Many law enforcement agents dutifully responded to the first impression security concerns caused by V's dramatic and startling presence at the seat of government power, all but one who confronted V were generally pleasant, professional, and ultimately respectful of the voraciously valued rights of peaceful protest, dissent, and petition that V was claiming and exercising. Though I might suggest that one of the reasons why they were a little more friendly with V than they were, say, with Cindy Sheehan's group of protesters that were, um, I believe Cindy was arrested that particular, that same day. Really? Was because uh, he had a video team with him. That might have been a factor. Wouldn't hurt. Unfortunately, there was one agent who, either out of vanity, vice, or emotional instability, believed his vows of service and badge would vindicate his use of violence where clearly none was justified. One Secret Service agent near the White House, even after he and all the other agents had recognized that the toy daggers in V's belt were made of plastic and part of the costume, and despite the clearly peaceful and non-threatening behavior of V, the officer forcefully seized the plastic daggers from V's, uh, from V's belt. After a bit of mental gymnastics between the agent and V, amid the growing public spectacle, as you might imagine, a masked man in costume in downtown Washington, D.C. in the middle of the business week, uh, surrounded by cops, was beginning to draw a crowd. So with all the people around, uh, eventually, and even some peer pressure from his fellow officers, V eventually prevailed over the vexed officer and succeeded in securing the return of the toy daggers. So not really? only... Yeah, that's, isn't that a shock? I mean, the cop was so um, so mean as to confiscate the toys, the toy daggers, but he actually got them back from him without having to fill out a paperwork or go down to the station and chase after these things. Baffling. 
Yeah, so very successful. The crowd by the White House gates... If it was the TSA, you weren't going to get it back. Nope. The crowd by the White House gates also included activist Cindy Sheehan and her supporters, who are demonstrating nearby and had gathered to observe the incident between V and the Secret Service. They let out a cheer as the Secret Service agent stood down and returned the plastic knives. At V's request, a Secret Service agent called up to the White House to ask if someone would come to the gate to accept service of the papers. After 20 minutes or so, word came to the gatehouse that the papers should be mailed to the president, which was done the next day. After departing from the White House, he walked around the compound to the security checkpoint at the Treasury Department. Treasury accepted service of the papers without incident. You know, these government officials are so much more, so so more important than we are that you, they won't even come down and take the papers. Right. You just have to mail you them. You have to in. mail them. And what you need to do, if you ever are asked to mail something to the government, you have to do it certified mail. Otherwise, they'll just take it and throw it in the trash and say it never came. Seriously, that's what happens. Other than the agent at the security checkpoint who instructed V to use his phone to call the mailroom, the only other uh, person to speak with was Mr. Lynch from the mailroom. The IRS building is apparently still closed due to the flooding experience last summer. The agents at the security checkpoint informed V that the papers would have to be delivered to the IRS at another location. Rather than do that, they went ahead and just mailed the papers to the IRS commissioner. At the Department of Justice, several armed agents with Homeland Security patches on their arms, as well as Department of Justice security personnel, met V. They, too, were curious. There ensued another prolonged face-to-mask exchange of news, information, affirmations, and assurances. Eventually, the officers determined that V and the camera person were not violating the D.C. code dealing with the wearing of masks on the streets of the city or their refusal to produce identification, and that they were not a security threat. The idea that in Washington, D.C., you could get away with not producing identification when asked by a government official is stunning to me. Lucky. Yeah, I think it's... It's it's, the camera crew. It's the camera crew, right. The protective security forces and agents from the Department of Justice arranged for uh, some bureaucrat to accept service of the petitions for redress of grievance. Note, the most disturbing part of V's interaction with the law enforcement authorities at the Department of Justice occurred when the Homeland Security agent in charge asked V what the purpose behind his presence at the department was. V began to explain the First Amendment freedoms and the right to petition. Almost immediately, the agent said, in effect... You're pulling my leg. You're trying to pull a fast one. I'm not falling for this garbage. I don't want to hear it. At that point, the agent phoned the D.C. police and learned that V was not violating any municipal laws. After asking V where he was going next, he told V that he was free to go. And the article goes on to say that they successfully delivered these papers to all of these bureaucracies. And the plan is to have a 100 people gather in similar costume this week in Washington, D.C., and await at various different locations. They're going to go from location to location, the White House to the Department of Justice to the Treasury Department, and they're going to wait there out front for an hour. A hundred people dressed as V for V for Vendetta wait for some government bureaucrat to come out and give them answers to their questions. If they don't get any answers this week, there's going to be a much larger protest scheduled for January with as many people as they can get to attend. I mean, hopefully thousands of people dressed as V for V for Vendetta. I think it's a pretty powerful idea. We'll keep you informed as to what's going to happen here. 800-259-9231. Coming up, we're going to talk about the myths of Veterans Day. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. You can bring up whatever you want, toll free, 800-259-9231. That's 
9231, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are totally free, including the wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. Over 850 unique pages created by listeners like you. See it for yourself, wiki.freetalklive.com. Register now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd to the 25th, 2007. Meet libertarian superstars like... Superstars. Superstars. John Stossel, Michael Badnark, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there, including Free Talk Live. Go to freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum for more information. So, Mark, what does Veterans Day mean to you? Well, um... It, it, wasn't it uh, instituted after World War II to honor the fallen veterans? Yeah. Okay, that's what it means to me. So, okay. Uh, and what does Veterans Day mean to you? 1-800-259-9231. Honestly, I, I want to know, because it seems to me that Veterans Day is surrounded, as is Memorial Day and uh, holidays related to the military, surrounded by misinformation in regards to what the military is all about. And I heard um, some of this misinformation firsthand on a local radio show. I was waking up one day, and I've got the, the, the alarm clock that turns the radio up and up and up, and so I, I, I wake up to talk radio, essentially. And it was yesterday morning, so the sort of yesterday was the day that Veterans Day was celebrated, when even though today is actually Veterans Day. And so all they were talking about were the events that were going on, the flag retiring ceremonies, and the, you know the just sort of there was this sort of maudlin feel to the morning show that I, that I was listening to, you know they're playing the patriotic mu- music and everything like that. And I heard um, that the standard lines on military service repeated ad infinitum, and uh, or infinitum. And it just bugs me when I hear this misinformation, and so I want to do my best to combat it here without being combative, without um, hopefully ticking too many people off, because there are so many people who have been indoctrinated with this misinformation. Like we talked about earlier tonight, the Pledge of Allegiance, socialist indoctrination, not actually pro-freedom. It's actually something written by a Nazi back in the 1800s, but most people don't know that. And there's some other things about the military that I don't think most people are aware of. And one of the things, though, one of the claims, one of this is one of the favorite claims uh, that people make. It, this wasn't specifically about the military as much as it was about the flag, but they sort of the two sort of go together. You know, wrap yourself in the flag, yeah, rah rah, military, go America. The flag was claimed yesterday morning on the radio that it's because of the flag that we're free. It's the flag that keeps us free. Well, how would a flag? All the other countries have flags too. How come theirs don't keep them free? Well, the suggestion was that we we should ban the burning of the flag because mm. it is the symbol that keeps us free. Well, I would su- I would suggest to somebody who says that that they are in fact taking away our freedoms if they ban the burning of a flag. Oh no no, just you can have all your freedoms, just you just can't burn the flag because that's what keeps you free. That was the suggestion that they made. Well, and I found uh, it outrageous. Now, it, I, I would say that it is outrageous to somebody who says that, could I draw a flag on a piece of paper and then set that piece of paper on fire? Hmm. That's a tough question, isn't it? Well, I think those are going to be questions that are going to be... An- or What if the flag had 51 stars instead of 50? <laughs> if it was a semi-close replica to an American flag? Yeah, it's not an American flag if right. it has 51 stars. What if it has 12 stripes instead of 13? Hmm. That's an excellent question. 
And these are all questions that are going to be addressed eventually if these people get their way and successfully pass an amendment to the Constitution or whatever it is they're trying to do at the federal level to ban the burning of flags or things that look like flags. or Because how they're going to write this law is going to have to take these questions into consideration. I would think that most um, – now, for one, if I purchase a flag, not that I would ever do this because – I don't believe in burning the flag. I think that it uh, it doesn't really serve any purpose, and it only it's makes people make angry. just going to make people angry. Um, but if I purchase a flag, it's mine. And who are you to tell me what I can do with my flag? Well, you're a communist if you think you own that flag, and you can tell me what I can do with my flag is what you are. You believe that somehow you own my property. That's what you are. And that's against America. It doesn't I make agree. any sense. It doesn't make sense, but yet people and have most this reference. Cities, most cities have um, you know, public burning ordinances. Mm-hmm. I mean, these, we have laws for this already, people. We can, we can handle this flag burning issue. Well, we don't need an amendment. Also, in, me- in most cases, if you look at the examples of people that have burned flags in the past decade or so, it's usually some 18-year-old kids looking to cause some trouble, more than more so than a, a political statement, just looking to burn something, and there's the neighbor's flag on the flagpole, and uh, uh, let's run it down the flagpole, set it on fire, and run it back up. They're not actually burning their own flag, so they're committing a property rights violation. Mm-hmm. They're destroying another person's property. It shouldn't matter if it's their garden or their flag that they're burning or whatever it is that they're destroying, the mailbox they're bashing. They're hurting somebody else's property that they paid for and installed and uh, put work into. That's the issue, not the flag. But that's not the issue for these flag protectors. For them, the flag is some sort of sacred symbol. Somehow the flag is more than just a piece of cloth to them. Somehow it, it's special and means something, and it's right. better than you owning it. You can't own the flag, Mark, even though you paid for it. It's automatically everyone's. That's a symbol of the freedom in this country, and you don't want to set that on fire, do you? You well, don't want to set our freedoms on fire. Then we shouldn't desecrate it by selling them. They should all be free. <laughs> then you could be guaranteed there wouldn't be any flags. Yeah, nobody would make them. Um, now, you know, and how does one solve the flag-burning issue by putting some 18-year-old kids in jail for five or ten years? Does Doesn't that really like show everyone? Problem. Doesn't seem like it solves any problem to me. So, uh, again, if you are somebody who is a flag worshiper, I want to hear from you. Because maybe we're wrong about this. It's We've been wrong in the past. It's certainly possible. Maybe you could uh, give me some insight as to why it is that the flag is what preserves freedom. That this piece of cloth is somehow responsible for preserving freedom and that we should uh, we should worship this thing. Now, I'm not anti-America. Don't get the wrong impression here. I'm just anti-nationalist symbolism. I love America. I love the, all the things it stands for. It stands for liberty. It stands for freedom. The ability for you to live your life how you want so long as other people, as long as you don't hurt other people in the process. It's one of the freest places in the world. Right. And it's, well, it was a lot freer than it is today. I and it's getting less and less free and with more laws like these people are suggesting, the less free it's going to be. Oh, and by the way, if you want to prevent people from burning the flag, don't pass a law against it. Because if you pass a law against it, there are inevitably going to be people who are going to break that law for the sake of breaking the law. Right. I would say that's true. There haven't been that many flag-burning incidents in the last ten years. It's like gone out of vogue. Once a year or something like that. It's, it's not very popular. It's just not done. Not in this country. I mean, people may be burning them all over the world, but they're not burning them in this country here. And because it's just not that popular. But you can believe that if they pass a law, that suddenly it'll get more popular. For instance, 
has the has the war on drugs? I mean, we've made drugs illegal. Mm-hmm. Has the war on drugs made it so that people don't want to do drugs? Certainly not. No. As a matter of fact, I'd venture to say that people do more drugs based on the fact that they've been illegal. Indeed. 1-800-259-9231 is the Packet 8 toll-free line. So if you are a flag worshiper, if you are somebody who puts the flag above freedom, which is what you're doing if you support an amendment to ban the burning of the flag. Yeah. You're putting the flag above freedom. 1-800-259-9231. Please defend your position. The, the, the fabric itself is more important than the freedoms that it represents. So there's that whole uh, mythology, which ties into the standard line on the military, which I also heard echoed on this uh, morning show, is that the military is responsible for keeping us free. Boy, if it weren't for the United States military and all the wonderful things they've done over the past hundred years, we'd be speaking German right now, or we wouldn't be free here in America. Thank You, you should uh, bow down on bended knee and worship every military member, because it's because of them that you're a free person. Is that true? Is that really true, or is that just PR? Is that just a propaganda campaign? Pretty successful PR, I'd say. It's absolutely successful. People believe that up and down, but I'm sorry there has been no conflict in the past hundred years that the United States military has been involved in that has protected my freedoms. Do you disagree? 1-800-259-9231. I'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231. Does the military protect freedoms, or does it just serve a bunch of old men in Washington? This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You bring up what's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free number, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features on the site are completely free. That again, freetalklive.com. We do ask that if you like the fact that we give you the site for free, that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff, like at store.freetalklive.com. We've got Free Talk Live branded merchandise, hats, T-shirts, uh, classic archives on DVD collector sets, flags, and more. You'll find it all at store.freetalklive.com. Plus, you can also shop for everything else you might need in life. I mean, virtually anything that you can think of that you might, you need to buy. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com to do it. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Anything you purchase there, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of. So it's a great way to get the stuff you need delivered to your door. Get free Super Saver shipping deals on most of it, by the way. And help Free Talk Live out all at the same time. Whether it's books, movies, DVDs, uh, electronic items, furniture, uh, baby stuff. Sporting goods, the grocery store, it's all there. Amazon.freetalklive.com as we continue with the Veterans Day edition of Free Talk Live as we're outing some myths that are that surround military service in this country. And, of course, the, these myths surround military service. The military has an interest in promoting itself. It is, after all, a voluntary force these days, and so we've got to make it look like they're doing something valuable so people will think that it's important to be involved in the military and continue to join up uh, into this organization, when, in fact, the things they say just aren't completely true. Talking about how, well, the military is keeping you free. Well, the reason why you the reason why you boys have the ability to do this here radio show is because of the United States military. You ought to thank a soldier for keeping you free, son. Yeah. What exactly did the United States military do in the last hundred years that has kept us free? That has how have they fought for freedom? 
in the last hundred years. Shall we look at some of the examples of uh, the wars that we fought in and maybe determine whether or not there was indeed freedom at issue? Let's start with the uh, the one we're in. Well, it's not really a war because we didn't declare war. Right. The Should last we skip time... over all of the undeclared wars? Because everything since uh, World War II was undeclared. Well, the military men didn't skip um, going there, so I don't think we should skip talking about Well, them. I don't think we should skip mentioning that um, not declaring war is a violation of the Constitution. No, and Of no. course, the military members, every one of them, swears an oath to uphold the Constitution. So how it is that these people that swore oaths to uphold the Constitution could possibly go on in a legal war is just kind of hard for me to understand. But then again, as you pointed out earlier in the show, Mark, uh, in an unrelated segment, the military itself, the, uh, the army specifically, that branch, is completely in violation of the Constitution. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 12, Clause 13, one of those two. Uh, it's, it essentially says that the military, the, the army specifically, may not be banded together for more than two years at a time, and only when necessary, only when needed for defensive purposes, which is why we have the Department of Defense, even though it engages in nothing of the sort. So the war in Iraq, how is that protecting freedom? How is that ensuring, how is that helping us stay free? Um, terrorists. <laughs> Weapons of mass destruction. They were never threatened against us. The weapons of mass destruction? Yeah. The ones that don't exist. Right. Okay. But even if they did exist, they still weren't threatened against us. It's true. Right. There was ne- We were never attacked. Terrorists? Uh, no. No, that's not, a, that's not a country. That's not a government. That's a group of individuals. And if terrorists are out there and causing terror, then law enforcement agencies should um, arrest them and put them on trial. Um, also, I would venture to say that if we didn't move our, if we didn't have our military in 131 out of 190 UN m- member states, all those places, especially in the Middle East, that we wouldn't be dealing with terrorism. How's how's that defending our freedom? How's having 131? Uh, how is occupying 131 countries consistent with the Constitution of the United States? Why we've taken freedom? over the world? Yeah, but but that's not what we were supposed to do. No, no, we're that's not what we've to. done. And by the way. Um, you know, also the Navy keeps the uh, shipping lanes clear all over the world. Why do the American people have to p- pay to keep the shipping lanes clear all over the world? For, why shouldn't all the well, rest of the people... to protect the freedom of Exxon. That's what it's for. Yeah. Um, what about all the people of the world? You know, why shouldn't they be paying? W- why are we paying to keep their shipping lanes clear? Let's go also. Let's continue back. Uh, the first war in Iraq, that didn't have anything to do with protecting freedom. That had to do with warmongering in another country. Uh, Vietnam, that was meddling in the affairs of another country. Uh, let's see, World War, uh, Korean War, Korean um, War meddling thing. in the affairs of another country. Uh, let's see, World War II, meddling in the affairs of Europe. Uh, World War I, well, meddling in the affairs of World Europe. War, World War II is the easiest one to, def- um, to defend from the other side because Japan bombed um, a U.S. protectorate called Hawaii. That's true, though we were involved in a financial um, a, a financial blockade, essentially. That, that's not the correct word, but a, embargo. A, an embargo uh, on Japan. So we'd already sort of stepped in, and historians are now re- readily agreeing that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was really hip to the idea of getting involved in that war. Oh, yeah, he really wanted to be in. and, and Because he wanted a legacy. There's certainly um, there, there's a lot of speculation, and, and I'm of the opinion that it's true, that he knew that that was going to happen. He knew that we were going to um, Pearl Harbor was going to be bombed, so they had a bunch of old derelict yeah. ships in there, to, um, and they've had people on them, you know, old World War One vessels, yep. so they'd get bombed. 
But oh yeah, they knew in advance. Maybe maybe I'm a conspiracy theorist. Just just call me that. No, no that's it the seems history. To me, that's it the seems history. to me that companies um, benefit more than Americans do from war. You mean um, uh, the military-industrial complex? Right. Well, the companies that make boots, the co- companies that make tanks, the companies yeah. that make pencils. Right. I mean, everything sells more when you're out there blowing crap up. I mean, that's what a war is. It's blowing stuff up and killing people. And the killing people really is superfluous. It's to blowing stuff up so that these companies can make more stuff. Right. So then we go back. We can actually go back further than 100 years if you'd like. Uh, Civil War was the actually uh, one of the few times the United States military was used here within the states. But was that done to protect freedom? No. No, that was done to protect the Union. That was done to protect the United States from breaking apart into two separate uh, organizations of states. So that wasn't done to protect freedom. In fact, those states had entered the Union uh, with the assurance that they could leave. The whole idea behind the United States was that a state could come in and then leave if it decided it didn't like the deal anymore. Well, Abraham Lincoln decided he didn't appreciate that, and he wanted uh, the allegiance of all of the states at all times, and so he used the United States military against our own countrymen. No, not not defending freedom there either. Now, I think you said the Spanish-American War might have been one where they were... Mexican-American War. Mexican-American. The Mexican-American War, the Mexico invaded uh, Texas. Um, In the wake of the annexation of Texas in 1845, Mexico uh, had always refused to recognize the loss of Texas in 1836 and announced its intention to take back what it considered a rebel province. In the United States, the war was a partisan issue supported by most Democrats and opposed by Whigs. Popular belief in the manifest destiny of the United States ultimately translated into public support for the war. In Mexico, the war was considered a matter of national pride. Um, Basically, Mexico invaded the United States of America. And from what I can tell... It is the only legitimate use of the United States military in our history. Are we wrong about that? 1-800-259-9231, the Packet A toll-free line. We'll come back and talk more about Veterans Day. We're going to the phones first. Your show, you take control. Let's talk to John in Indiana listening on WXNT. John, you're on free time. How are you guys doing? Good, sir. What's up? What's on your mind? Um, Well, earlier you said that um, the Pledge of Allegiance was written by a Nazi in the 1800s. That's right, a National Socialist, also known as a Nazi. Okay, I didn't think the Nazi Party um, came to existence until the late 30s. Well, um, the Nazi Party in Germany, um, thats what that means is National Socialist. So, you know, that's what... Uh, Francis, that's what Bellamy, reference- Francis Bellamy, the author of the Pledge of Allegiance, was a dyed-in-the-wool National Socialist, as was his brother, um, and they both worked together on this. Okay, well, I can say that I didn't know any of the history of it. Um, I don't look at the Pledge of Allegiance as indoctrination, but... Of course you don't. Because it's the most effective of... A few guys are saying is like, oh, my God. I'm sorry, what now? Some of the things you guys have been saying while I'm on hold, is, it's just, oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty I shocking, guess. isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is, but I'm not looking at it as shocking as the way that you do. Well, is it is it untrue? Not in my opinion. I Pick something out. You know, I mean... You guys have covered, you guys are quick and have covered 30 different things in the last five minutes. Right. Well, why don't you pick out something you disagree with? Yeah. It would be difficult for us to pick out something that you, you know, oh, and then... Um, well, un- undeclared wars. Okay. Um, you think that we should be able to move the military around without declaring war, um, you know, as stated in the Constitution? Well, we've, we'll, you know, we've done it since the late 1800s. Oh, we've so done we, it even before that. So, so because we, we violated the Constitution. So because we violated the Constitution once just means we can just trash the whole thing, forget about it, let's just violate it as many times as we need to, right? 
No, no, no. It's kind of a scary precedent to set, don't you think? Look, hey, John, no, I, I don't want you to think we're giving you the short shift. If you will hang on okay. through the news, we will bring you back and we'll discuss this in more detail, okay? Cool. Be patiently, John. We'll be back with you. 800-259-9231. Because John apparently thinks that we're wrong about our assertion. The assertion is that the United States military has not, in the last hundred years, done a darn thing to protect freedom. Or maybe it's just annoying to look at long-held beliefs. More is on the way. Hour 3 coming up. Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. The show is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 3 of the Saturday edition. It's Ian here with And Mark. Toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. You get to bring up whatever's on your mind. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line, by the way, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all of the content is totally free. That is freetalklive.com, as we do the Veterans Day edition of Free Talk Live, which, of course, I'm celebrating by challenging long-held beliefs that people have about the military. And the one we're in the midst of challenging right now is that the military protects freedoms. It is my supposition, my uh, position, that the military exists to protect the government, and the military exists to take orders from a bunch of corrupt old men in Washington. And now most people would agree that politicians are corrupt individuals. But for some reason, when it comes to the directions and the orders that they give the military to follow, all of a sudden their words are gold, and there's no corruption anywhere. These these politicians can do no wrong if the military's involved. Well, if one of our boys um, dies in the process of, uh, you know, doing what the politicians have told them to do, because the boy is a good man mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, has done many good things and, and we want to honor his, his memory, then suddenly the cause for which he died has become lionized. I think that uh, in the case of remembering uh, the veterans, or I guess you're not remembering the veterans because they're the, they're the ones that lived, but remembering those, uh, their, their buddies and their friends uh, who died over there, in regards to why we should re- be remembering them, we should be feeling sorry for them. I, I feel sorry for these guys because they were led to believe that they were doing something that actually protected freedom. I believe a lot of them thought Absolutely. that what they were doing was protecting freedom when, in fact, they were doing nothing of the sort. So in many cases, in, in all of their cases, they died unnecessarily. These are all people that could have done something productive with their lives. They could have made a, a real difference. But instead, no, they followed a bunch of bad orders from a bunch of corrupt politicians and died in the dirt or in a swamp or, uh, or over in the desert. And for what? Now, I'm not denying that probably some very heroic things went on in some of these conflicts. Probably some people saved some other people's lives at their, their own expense, uh, sacrificing themselves and everything. Although that, it could be argued that that's absolutely not heroic. But nonetheless, no doubt there were some very good things that these people did. Maybe they helped some people out while they were over there. I'm not debating all of that. I'm debating the purpose in the first place. I'm debating the concept, the idea that these people are defending freedom and protecting our liberties by fighting in wars of aggression around the world. It's not defense. And that's what this country was supposed to be about. You look at the Constitution, you look at the Founding Fathers... We weren't supposed to get into entangling alliances with people. 
That's George. I believe that's a paraphrase of George Washington. Trade with all. Open borders to trade and people crossing borders, but entangling alliances with no other countries. Because they knew that if we got into alliances with other countries, it would just drag us into wars. And then our people would die for some other country's conflict. And they knew that a a military, uh, an army, is an expensive thing to maintain. It's like a big expensive hammer. What do you want? What do you want to have have a hammer around for? Just going to tempt someone to use it. Yep, like a corrupt politician. Now then, with that, we go to the phones because uh, we. I asked last hour for somebody to rebut us on this. Our position is that there has been no conflict within the last hundred years, or hundred and six years, or whatever, since the twentieth century that has involved protecting freedom. Are we wrong about that? Let's go back to John in uh, Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. John, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Thanks for holding me over, guys. Our pleasure, sir. Um, I want to say first, I can't believe I forgot this, um, to all the veterans out there, thank you for the service to your country and what you've done for me and my family. What have um, they done for me and my family, though? Well, this give you just a quick, um, to let you know where I'm coming from, my father, the day he turned 17 years old, he dropped out of high school, joined the Army, and before he was 18 years old, he was in France having bombs dropped on his head and being shot Both at. Both of my grandfathers were in the military okay. as well. My dad okay. kept, well, my dad kept Iowa free um, during uh, the Korean War. He could have. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you that he was, he was on a howitzer in Iowa. Okay, so we all have family members that were in the military. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, you, you want to say we're protecting freedom. How many Jews did Hitler kill in World War II? Well, uh, hold it. Um, protecting Three. America's freedom. How many Jews... Six million. Six million. I thought it was, yeah, five, five and a half million. Okay, millions. How many people does somebody have to kill before somebody says enough is enough? Well, um, I I think they're very emotional, You kill people because you don't like them. And we were there protecting those people's freedom. I don't think that's the whole, I don't think that the Jews had anything to do with us getting into uh, the the European conflict of World War II. No, well, the bombing of Japan... Excuse me. I'm sorry. The the Japanese bombing Pearl Harbor. Now you That's do understand what really that got us in that. You do but understand that uh, Pearl Harbor that. wasn't a state at the time, right? Uh, like um, that Hawaii. The, Hawaii wasn't a state. Um, that it was a protectorate. I mean, it'd be the yeah, it'd, it'd be the equivalent of someone invading Micronesia now. If if we've got a base there and they kill, I think they kill 1,500 Americans during during the bombing of Pearl Harbor. Approximately, it was 1,700. Do, do you I think? I don't care if it's in BF Egypt. Well, do you okay, think that Micronesia you know, should be free to decide what the Micronesian people um, get to do, or do you think that America should decide what Micronesia does? Because they so, vote they vote on the so, president, and their votes don't count, because they don't have electorates. So, the, all the Jews dying in the, in the, in the See, Okay, okay go, back go, to emotion. Go, go, go back, back to, to emotion. No, that's no big deal to you. But wait, wait that's, a second. That's, that's oh, what about Uganda, world. my friend? What about Rwanda? Why aren't we rushing over there to save the black people? I don't know. Well, to be I, honest with you, with I don't, all the stuff going I don't on in think... Somalia and their cruci- Muslims are crucifying Christians in those parts of the world, and why we're not doing nothing about it, I don't know. I don't we think should. that we would. I don't think we should, and that's the difference. Like I pay my taxes, you pay your taxes. Wait a second, wait a second. I pay my taxes, you pay your taxes. I don't want to go to Uganda. I don't want to save the Jews in Europe. You should be able to give your money to um, uh, you know, an organization that's going to go fight and save the Jews in Europe. Like the Russians, who really defeated the Germans. Oh, well, <laughs> we had a lot to do with that. Yeah, abs- sorry, I, I, would, I, I would disagree no. with my uh, partner on that one. But, um, do you, do you understand, but do you understand what I'm saying there? That um, 
you know, I don't think we should be involved in these um, European conflicts. We offered the Jews of Europe a, a beacon of freedom for them to come to, and they had the opportunity to do that. I'm sorry that Hitler went and slaughtered them all, um, you know, was going after them and trying to do that. all of them, yeah. He was doing his best, and it's, it's a horrible, horrible thing. But I don't think that you should be forced at the point of a gun to pay for it. Right, well, because... At the same time, I shouldn't be forced at the point of a gun to pay taxes for public education. I, I agree completely. Here. My wife works, cause my, and our son goes to a private... Uh, sir, you're going to get total agreement on this show. We don't think you should have to pay taxes at all. Well, which no, of course, no, I know you do. Well, I, I know you do. Well, but I'm not saying it's not so much a matter of uh, taxes and votes and politicians. It's a matter of right and wrong. No, no, it, no, no. Taxes are it wrong. Is. Taking somebody, people, somebody taking money from people, people they, that is wrong. Okay, and, and now, John, to be John, is it wrong for you to come to my house and point a gun in my face and take money from me? Oh, yeah. Okay, is it wrong for you and your friends to come to my house, point guns in my face, and take money from me? Yes. Okay. And how many friends do you need that with guns in order to form a government? Well, to begin with, it depends on how many guns you guys have got when I come over to take your money. Oh, well, you pointed out a great thing. <laughs> Basically, the government is a giant gang that enforces the will of some people on other people. Well, my, I've got a friend that is an, he's an Army Ranger. Yes, sir. And he asked me one time why we had the Second Amendment, and I told him straight-faced, so people like you don't take charge. <laughs> Good and point, he, John. Absolutely I would agree. Correct. Unfortunately, now so, the President of the United States has signed the Defense Authorization Act of two th- 2007, which is going to allow the U.S. military into American people's streets to do policing activities. Thank you for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. 1-800-259-9231, the packet, 8 toll free line, 800-259-9231. Now, um, in the case of... Uh, World War II, um, the European con- the European conflict as opposed to the uh, um, Asian theater, and the same with Saddam Hussein. Wouldn't it have been a lot cheaper, like a whole whole lot cheaper? Um, let's look at Saddam Hussein. I don't know what the numbers are for uh, Europe, but uh, it's hundreds of billions of dollars, getting close to a trillion dollars for that war so far. Couldn't we have just put a bounty on Saddam's head, like a billion dollar bounty? A billion dollar bounty on Saddam's head, and somebody would have. Killed him. Sure would have resulted in a lot less innocent people dying. Would have resulted in a lot less um, American troops dying. And we would, the government wouldn't have had to have done it, actually. I mean, you know, Bill Gates could have done it. Sure he could have. More on the way. You take control. This is your show, 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control. Toll free, 800-259-9231. The packet eight toll-free line for you. 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the updates. Whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show, you'll know first if you're on the updates list, updates.freetalklive.com to get you signed up. That is updates.freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1,000 Pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom, or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the First 1,000 Pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. You know, something, um, we're going to jump back into the calls here in a moment, but something that John mentioned from uh, Indianapolis a moment mm-hmm. ago about how he didn't want uh, tax dollars going to fund the government education system because he pays for private education for his kids. And we totally agreed with him on that. Right. And uh, and I absolutely agree. But at the same time, on the other hand, John also believes in the military and tax dollars going to fund the military that he believes is promoting freedom around the world. That's the problem. See, John, you, you can't have it both ways. 
you can't have your big military but not any taxes going to schools because the government is in charge of your tax dollars. Right. He's not using the schools. I don't believe that the military has kept me free. Right. But he wants to force you to have to pay for the military, just like the Democrats want to force him to have to pay for government schools. So what the problem is, is the government. The government forcing, uh, allowing people to take control of it mm-hmm. and therefore force others who may or may not agree with what they want to do with the government to pay for programs they may or may not agree with. John may absolutely believe that the military has, has uh, served him. He said, thank you for your service, veterans. And I said, well, how have they served me? Because I have not asked for their service. I don't want their services. And uh, I, d- I don't presume to be one of their clients. Right. That's not an insult. I'm not, you know, just because I don't use Bell South, um, you know, cell service doesn't mean I'm insulting them. I just don't want their service. Right. Except Bell South, you can choose not to use. And Bell South doesn't have this lionized um, thing about them where people die in their service, um, you know, die while working for them, They might have lost a lineman or two over the years, but probably not. It's a dangerous profession, certainly. Um, But, you know, we don't have a day to celebrate linemen's deaths. No. So... You're forced to pay for their service, whether or not you find it valuable, which is, of course, the irony of it all. The sol- these military supporters will claim up and down that the U.S. military is protecting your freedoms, when in fact, no. My freedoms are threatened daily by the existence of the government, period. My freedoms are threatened because if I decide, Mark, that, you know what, I've had enough of paying for the military and I've had enough of paying for schools because I don't want to pay for those either. I've had enough for paying for all of this crap. I'm going to just hold all of my money for myself. What's going to happen to me eventually? Well, they're going to throw you in jail. There goes my freedom. A lot of good you did to protect my freedom. You didn't protect squat for me. Well, I would say that we, uh, I, I, I don't support doing away with the federal government or doing away with, um, you know, a... The ability to draw up a military when when the time's right. Certainly, I don't. Um, I, I don't support all that. I think the m- militias would be fine and dandy. I think totally voluntary organizations of people that want to defend the areas of the pl- uh, the place that they live. I think that, that makes militias sense would be a huge part of it. I think that we would probably need some uh, strategic air stuff. Well, the cool thing about the militia is you can join the militia and leave if you don't like it. You can join the militia, and if somebody is in charge that you disagree with, you can go off and start your own militia. You don't have to stay in for some 10-year or 4-year uh, tour of duty. Let's go to the phones to the fun. Uh, Sean has been waiting patiently in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hello, Sean. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hello, Sean. Yeah, how you guys doing? Good. What's Good, on your sir? mind? Oh, just uh, you guys got me between a rock and a hard place because, you know, I'm a hardcore conservative, but I agree with about half of what you say. And okay. I disagree with the other half. Yeah, well, you and everybody as, else. <laughs> as, far as, as far as you... Wanting a uh, position of how the military protects your freedom, my freedom, everybody's freedom. I wouldn't go as far as to say freedom, maybe liberty or the threat of occupation from a foreign country. Are we being threatened? That would be that would be definitely the threat. The threat to my freedom. I'll I'll say that, but I'll compare it to another thing. During the arms buildup of the '60s, '70s, '80s Mm -hmm. with uh, the Soviet Union, Cold War. Exactly. Uh We have, you know. To this day, tens of thousands of nuclear missiles. When you know ten would do the job. Right. Okay. Uh, but we're having an arms race with another country. Oh, oh, hold so, on. Did, you know, was the Soviet Union having an arms race with Canada? 
No. Was, were they the, having it? Were they having it with uh, South, on, guys, uh, South I'm, Africa? I'm just, Go ahead. I'm just getting to my point of how the military would protect your freedom. Okay. 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 We had our nuclear missiles as a deterrent to keep the Soviet Union from using virus against us. Correct. Okay. Yes, we did. Okay. So we have a military because these other countries have a military. Correct. Um. I, Costa Rica doesn't have one. Exactly. Japan doesn't and have one. If, if someone decided. Say some, you know, lunatic Kim Jong Il, uh, you know, any of the characters around the world that are, you know, half insane, decided they wanted to go into Japan and take over Japan because they don't have a military. It'd be a pretty easy job for them. Would you agree with that? Uh, well, no. maybe. Uh, uh, hold on just a second. Uh, does Iraq have a military? Yes, they did. They did. Well, um, how did the military do? They did not do well. Uh, how how not, how is the peace not, gone in Iraq? Oh, it's going awful. And that's yeah, and that's uh, exactly but, the point we're trying on. to make. My, you can't take over America because of the Second Amendment. You try to take over America in a land war, you have a big problem on your hands, son. That's your key right there, in a land war. And what, what are, are they going to do? do? What are you going to do when somebody's, you know, 50,000, 60,000 feet overhead carpet bombing us for six, eight months? Why and, would they want to do and that? we have a militia. Well, why not? You know, you take care of all the guys on the grounds. But why do they want to do it? Why do they want to do it? Um, natural resources. Um, why? Why does anybody? You're destroying the infrastructure. They would be, You'd be destroying the country. And and you know what? Natural resources. They want to come in and take the trees. They um, bombed a kingdom come. You don't think though the military has any effect in it? Us having the military has any effect on any other nation? that would possibly ever think about invading Now, I, I'm not talking about the military. I'm talking about the army. I say the army itself is unconstitutional. Now, oh, I, I think we need a navy. You. I agree with you 100% there, but what are you... It, you say to have a militia or to have, um, you know, a group that... The army fights land out. battles. It doesn't exactly. shoot down planes. But you want a group that can just be called up if something comes up, you know, rush out there and take care of things. You know, they're... Rush where? Ten-year ten year veteran, you know. Wait, rush where? You, anywhere. Let's say, you know, somebody comes crashing through the, the borders of Mexico. Okay. <laughs> you know? Okay, let's say that, let's say that Mexico, um, you know, decides to invade America. I think that the people in Texas will probably do a pretty good job first off, and the people of Arizona probably fight to the death. And then the rest of us, it didn't take long with Katrina, by the way, for the rest of us to get there. Um, exactly. when, when we see a problem, we're going to go, we're going to pick up arms, and we're going to get there. I'm going to grab my Mossberg, and I'll be there shortly, that's, sir. That's what, that's what I'm saying. I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. You got me between a rock and a hard yeah. place. Right. It, it's and, tough. But, we don't um, need an army. We just but, don't. Unless you want to occupy the world, we don't need an army. Which is what we're doing. The yeah. only thing, and another thing, though, that kind of bothered me, you said you were talking about World War II and, you know, these guys joining up to go fight the good fight. And, you know, you said the guy joined up to go, you know, protect our freedom, liberties, happiness, you know, all that jazz. And you made the comment that he could have had a productive life yeah. instead of joining the military. That's right. Well, who's, who's to say what's productive? I'm sure. Oh, I can tell you. I can tell you. You produce things. Well, I can tell you. Pre people that produce products and services are productive. The military produces nothing but death and destruction. That's not productive. Thank you for the call, Sean. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. People who produce things on a voluntary basis are productive. The military produces death and destruction on an involuntary basis. They're funded by force and coercion via the government. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. 
For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. 1-800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. That's why we call the show Free Talk Live. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. All of the features that you will find there are free. The live streams included. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. So perhaps maybe you're a listener that only gets the show on your local radio station on Saturdays. Well, you might not be aware that we do a show six nights a week. So if you're missing out on those, um, beyond calling and nicely asking your local program directors to carry it on your station, you can always listen online for free at freetalklive.com. As uh, we return to the phones and to the fun, talking about the talking about Veterans Day and some of the myths that surround the military. Primary myth being that they protect freedom, when in fact, no, no, they haven't been protecting freedom. They've been following the orders of politically motivated politicians in Washington D.C. Now, a militia. If we actually had militias, voluntary organizations of people looking to defend the United States, those people would be protecting freedom in that if there was ever some sort of an invasion or something like that and they actually came and fought off the invasion, then, yeah, that would be protecting freedom, no doubt about it. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the U.S. military that has bases in over 130 countries around the world, over 700 military installations around the world in other people's countries, how would we feel if Red China started opening up military bases here in the United States? For our protection, of course. I mean, it is uh, the war on terror, and since our military is all over the rest of the world, we should get the Red Chinese Army in here to protect America. Right. What if, um, George Bush, what if the president, who's in all likelihood going to be a Democrat in 2008, said that we need to, uh, you know, have better relations with China, and we're going to, uh, we're going to put uh, several Chinese bases all around America. We're going to allow them to build bases. What yeah. if, what if he, the president in 2008, we don't know who this person or she, for that mm-hmm. matter, a good likelihood, um, allowed this to happen? How would you feel about that? Now, the government said it was okay. The, government's, the government endorses it, right. which I'm sure the governments of these 131 nations endorse it. But the government doesn't represent everyone. Nope, doesn't represent does, me. Doesn't represent my feelings. And, you know, you, and honestly, our callers so far tonight have had to admit that the government doesn't represent them on everything either. They may love the military, but they sure as hell don't like being taxed to pay for government education. And I don't blame them. I don't either. Let's continue with the calls. Let's talk to uh, D- uh, David in D.C. David, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. David in D.C. Yeah, I'm, I'm here I am. I'm, we I'm got here. you, David. What's on your mind? Well, actually, um, I, and this is somewhat off topic, but not really. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time wrapping my head around the rationale that the Army is unconstitutional. Article 1, Section 8, I uh, believe Clause 12 is what it is. It is, essentially Correct. says that uh, you are able to call together the army. It is constitutional to call an army together, but only for a period of two years. And so, therefore, no, we are. It, that's hmm? not what it says. Okay, it what does it say? Ra- it says to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money to that use shall be for a longer of a term than two years. So, what do you think? Why, so, what do you think they meant by that? What, well, what they meant by that was you can you can raise an army. You can have an army, but in order to keep it from becoming a, a permanent entity, you have to go back and revisit the money every two years at a minimum, which is what the Defense Authorization Acts do. 
Well, sure. Um, we figured out ways around it. I'm not obviously they have figured out ways around it. Do you think that the founding fathers um, that wrote this Constitution, the United States of America, had the intent that we would have a standing army for the last 200 years? I don't think they had an intent for a lot of things. What I'm saying though is it's not unconstitutional. The way that we've done it is within the bounds of the Constitution. It's not unconstitutional. Oh, come on! When you break the spirit of the law, you've broken the law. I, I see, and as you said, I don't agree. It says, it says no. Well, what are you a lawyer? Use, are no, you a lawyer? I, that's, just it. that's just it. I'm not. I'm not a legal scholar. But this is probably one of the few areas of the Constitution. It says no money to that use will be for more than two years. So every year, because here I am in the military, mm -hmm. and in 1996, 97, I forget which year it was, when Clinton had his stand down with Congress uh, over the budget. The only reason I even continued to get paid was because of an emergency supplemental budget act. But we had to see, we had to cease all uh -huh. training. We weren't allowed to use any fuel. We weren't allowed to shoot any bullets. We Good. Any yeah, you should have gone home. You should have gone home and found a real job. Now, how about this? Um, oh, okay. Right underneath what I just said, I'll let you respond to that in just one second. Right underneath okay. um, the to raise and support armies, but no appropriation of money um, to that use shall be for longer a term than two years. It says to provide and maintain a navy, and that's it. It says that there should be a standing navy. There should not be a standing army. No, 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 no. no. What are you talking about? No, no, no. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, reading the Constitution to you. Right, and immediately before that, it says declare war, grant letters, and mark use of reprisals, and make rules capture. I mean, I've got a Constitution in front of me. Right, so do all I. The, all the way up to the top. All the way up to the top. It starts that whole paragraph of these twos. Talks about taxes. Talks about raising money. Right. So, so well, but, uh, do you understand the point that I'm making? They they make a big caveat as far as the army goes. They make no caveat as far as the navy goes. It's because actually, they expected to have a standing me, navy. They did not expect to have a standing oh, army. Gosh. To me, actually, it's, it actually it works the other way around because it just says maintain a navy, but we're not going to put. Any okay. See, this is the problem with this the is the sort of hair splitting though. You, you you have successfully argued us into a standing army. Congratulations. Now we're going to take over the world. No, you see, and I don't agree with that either. You well, don't agree with what? But we, we don't no, need right. an army. What do you agree with? The concept of taking over the world. How would you, would you say that having uh, military bases in seven, in 700 military bases in 131 countries is not taking over the world? Well, first of all, define a military base, because let me tell you. There a are U.S. military that, installation, something that is not of this nation, something that is uh, not in the borders of the United countries. States. In 131 countries, because uh, remember, yes, the military is in 131 countries. We do not have bases established in 131 countries. We have over 700 bases around the world Correct, in lots in of countries. countries. Okay, whatever, countries, maybe it's 129. You're disputing people that I trust more than you, I'll tell you that, Organiz large organizations. Right, fine. You know, we can sit here and we can argue over what Article 1, Section 12 How means. many nations do we have to have the military in in order to take over the world? How many? Well, actually, we'd have to have a lot more than we do now. There's no phasing in Mark. It, it, he that? just wants to kill people. I do not. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. Seriously. Now, <laughs> hang on a second. Let's go to James Madison, who uh, referred to is referred to as the father of the Constitution. I mean, if anybody knew what the Constitution meant, probably would be James Madison. So if you'll bear with me for just a moment, I'm going to read a quote from him, okay? Here we go. Of all of the enemies to public liberty, war is perhaps the most to be dreaded because it compromises or excuse me comprises and develops the germ of every other war is the parent of armies from these proceed debts and taxes and armies and debts and taxes are the known instruments for bringing the many under the domination of the few 
In War II, the discretionary power of the executive is extended. Its influence in dealing out offices, honors, and emoluments is multiplied, and all the means of seducing the minds are added to those subduing、uh, to those of the subduing. Of subduing the force of the people, there is also an inequality of fortunes and the opportunities of fraud growing out of a state of war and degeneracy of manners and of morals. No nation could preserve its freedom in the midst of continual warfare. With that in mind, sir, do you really believe that a standing military was the intention of the founding fathers? Do I believe that a standing military was the intention of the founding fathers? Standing army. No. But yet you support it. No, no, no. Hold on. That's just it. We don't have, by legal definitions, since we want to argue legal definitions. I don't want to argue legal、army. definitions. I'm just asking you whether or not、army. you support a standing army. I support whatever, whatever is, whatever, whatever is necessary. Oh, okay. So you are a legal scholar because that's what the legal people always pull out. Well, it's necessary now. It wasn't necessary back when the founding fathers wrote this, but they didn't know what the world was going to be like. So we should just toss、oh. the Constitution out the window and just do whatever's necessary, right? Just as in the Constitution, there are allowances for certain things. By having a yearly defense authorization act that funds the military, there is a caveat. There is a way for them to not have a standing army. Now, that's not unconstitutional. That's the system working. Well,、so、I would say it's、really、the system the bastardizing here, it. Though, well, no, but that's just it. The problem here, though, is the people that are in office, not in and of itself the, constitu- the constitutionality of the military. The constitutionality of the military isn't what's the question. It's what the people who are in office. So, do you do you think that what the people who are in office have done, and that is created a standing army,、uh, is correct or incorrect? Me personally, I, if I could go home tomorrow, I would. Thanks well, for the call. We appreciate it. Don't、David. sign up next time. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Got another quote from James Madison when we return. Your calls as well about anything. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. We talk live. Only moments remain here on this the live Saturday edition of the show. It's Ian here with you and Mark. Toll free number eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the packet eight toll free line one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Do you like Free Talk Live? Do you want to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country? Spread the message of freedom and liberty far and wide. You should head to amp. Free Talk Live. Com. And learn about the AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is simple. Since we give everything away on our website for free, all of those features that those other radio talk shows want to charge you for access for, we give it all away. Maybe you should consider sending in three bucks a month on a voluntary basis, the way things should be done. Send in three bucks a month to us. We take the three dollars a month in and turn it right back around into promotion. For free talk live, thereby expanding the message of freedom and liberty to as many new people as possible. So that's valuable to you. Learn more at amp.freetalklive.com. Again, amp.freetalklive.com. We were talking with、uh, with David in D.C. a moment ago. David, who is in the military, David、uh, vehemently defending、uh, the standing army that that we have today. Whereas Mark, you and I were pointing out that according to the founding fathers of the United States, and apparently what they have to Now, say doesn't mean much at, at all these days. That's not exactly what David was doing. In his defense, David was only saying that he doesn't believe that it's unconstitutional because、um, they found we, a way around it. Yeah, essentially,、um, they they bastardized the the spirit of the Constitution. He's still making excuses for the state of affairs in this country today. That's would, a fact. I would agree with that. Okay. But, Now,、um, again, contrary, contrary to what the founding fathers have to say. So apparently, what the founding fathers had to say doesn't mean too much anymore. We should just find ways around all that crap. Because here's what James Madison had to say. Another、uh, phrase of his about standing armies. 
and this one strikes awfully true today, and I'll explain why in a moment. A standing military force with an overgrown executive will not be long will not long be safe companions to liberty. The means of defense against foreign danger have always been the instruments of tyranny at home. Among the Romans, it was a standing maxim to excite a war whenever a revolt was apprehended. Hmm. Throughout all Europe, the armies kept up under the pretext of defending have enslaved the people. So they knew. They'd seen what had happened. They'd studied history and looked at what happened with standing armies throughout time. They knew that it wouldn't be any different here in the United States. If indeed, as he puts it, an overgrown executive, gee, do we have an overgrown executive today, Mark? I, I would have to say that our executive branch is well beyond what the, the intent of, of the founding fathers. Right. And, of course, they're claiming it's all constitutional. The executive branch is claiming sure. that everything they're doing is constitutional. The executive branch is overgrown. So, thankfully, the uh, Posse Comitatus Act was passed in the late 1800s. Once we, after we got out of the Civil War, they passed the Posse Comitatus Act around then because we we had a standing military at that point. And essentially the idea was, well, okay, we've got this standing military, and we know the Founding Fathers said this was a, a very dangerous thing to have. So let's pass a law that says that this military cannot be used for law enforcement purposes here at home. So therefore, there's no way that this military, this standing army that our Founding Fathers warned us against, but we're going to have anyway, that this military could be used against the people, could be used for tyrannical purposes. That's why they passed Posse Comitatus. Now they've gotten rid of Posse Comitatus with the Defense Authorization Act of 2007, which allows the U.S. military to be used for policing purposes inside the borders of the United States. We've just thrown the one protection that we had left between the standing army and tyranny right out the window. Now, you just give this overgrown executive branch a few more inches of, you know, of power here, and it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this military here in this country. In the coming years. And the, this article that I've got here from free, uh, the Future of Freedom Foundation, FFF.org, it's got several more quotes from a variety of different uh, founding individuals on how having a standing army is not compatible with long-term freedom. We're going to the phones, to the fun. You can take control of the airwaves. Let's talk to Amy in New Hampshire listening on WNTK. Amy, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, Ian. I'm sorry that uh, I had to disappear on Friday on you. Oh, Amy, you're talking about my appearance on the Gardner Goldsmith show, Against the Grain. I appear locally for a half an hour every Friday with him, and uh, you were on the phone trying to explain why marijuana legalization was uh, not a popular idea. Well, well, it's not that it isn't a popular idea. It's just that uh, it isn't top on the list. On your list? Well, no, I think it's not on the top of too many people's list. Well, that's because they don't think about it. They don't uh, consider it, uh, you know, a critical issue. They don't realize how important it truly is. This is. I, I can't wait till you move to New Hampshire because I'm going to. Oh, we're here. Somebody. We're in Keene, sweetie. We're okay. here. Okay. Okay. You're here. You're here now. Yes. All right. So. And, uh, well, the rest of the libertarians, I can't wait for them to get here because I need some protection. What do you mean? <laughs> What's wrong? What happened? Well, you said you were going to get your gun and you'll be out there protecting. You know, you'll be having your own army. Uh, uh, no, I don't want my own army. I was just suggesting that for people that would like to have that sort of thing. I've got my 45, and that's there's all some, I need. I'm a one-man army. There's some people out there that I wouldn't mind running their own army, and then there's the people out there that I don't want running their own army. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I've got a gaping hole in my roof. 
Oh, that's no fun. Okay. And then I I need a coat of paint. I can't help you with that. I'm just a talk show host. What do you want from me, Amy? Well, what I'm saying is, what do I do? Do I fix the gaping hole in my roof first, or do I... Gee, I think maybe I'll paint. Oh, you're, you're making a... This is a metaphor. It is. I see. I'd go for the gaping hole What's in my roof. What's the gaping hole, would, in your opinion? What, now, yeah, what is but, your prime issue? What's the gaping hole? Uh, my prime issue right now is uh, the attack on 9-11. Mm-hmm. And there's people out there that want dead. Mm. And they don't care if you're Democrat, uh, Republican, conservative, libertarian. Where are these matter. people, Amy? Where are they? Uh, they attacked us already and killed 3,000 of us. What right, but they're dead. That? Where are the other ones? Yeah, but it does, no, you've got to stand up for your neighbor. Oh, absolutely. I agree. But where are these people? You say they're out there and they're scary and, uh, and they're going to attack people. Where are they? Uh, if, we, if we pull out of Iraq, they're going to they're gonna come here. Oh, so they're all in Iraq? No, but that's. That you might as well say it. No, wait a minute. Why are they fighting us in Iraq? Because there's Syria there, Iran, um, Saudi Arabia. So it's convenient for them to fight American. Why would they fight the American military when they could, could um, kill people? Right, they could, people. they could rape and pillage our, our women here. That's just what we're trying to stop. Yeah, Amy. No, no, well, you're, why uh, why you is having the military stop, in Iraq? Are you going to stop them from raping and pillaging my home? My, my, question, my, Amy, my question, Amy, is what is the military being in Iraq have to do with stopping terrorists from coming here? I don't mm. see... There's This is a discorrelate opinion. They came okay. here in 2001 uh, successfully, and we were in Iraq at the time. I mean, from time immemorial, we've been in Iraq. Well, we've been in the Middle East. I agree with you. We should pull out of Japan and, and Germany and uh, England. And, and Iraq. And Okay, Iraq. Let's pull out of here. all around the world. Let's pull out from all around the world and bring all of the military home. How about that? That's fine with me. Great. So, okay, now, I agree with you there. Here's my point, though, Amy. The only problem being is that... When the Constitution, uh, before the Constitution was written, the only thing we had to worry about were people running over our borders and coming by boat. Mm -hmm. And they had cannons, and the cannons didn't reach very far. But unfortunately, in this dangerous day and age, they've got, we've got more than cannons to worry about. Cannons might have killed. I understand. Now, follow me on this. We're running, we're, Amy, we're running short on time here. I want I you to follow my point on this, okay? I tried getting hold of you sooner. I know. We're here. We're there every Saturday night, so call back if you'd like. But here's my point. You say that there's scary people out there that want to kill Americans. And we know that they pulled and it they off. Do. That they pulled it off successfully on September 11th. But it's now been over five years since September 11th, 2001. Why is it that they haven't done anything else in that in in the meantime? They must be here in America. I mean, they were here before. There must be more of them, right? Where are they? And why haven't they killed They're anybody? They're here. They're here. Why haven't they done anything? Because they haven't been able to. Ever oh, yet. that's silly, Amy. Come on. It is not hard to build a homemade bomb. Look, Timothy McVeigh did it. Uh, these guys pulled off hijacking airplanes. You could build a fertilizer bomb, pull up a truck in front of a building, and blow up another building here in America, or uh, blow up a train station, or blow up all kinds of different things. And there's not enough security to ever capture anybody who and ever wanted to do you, these but things. You know something? Let me tell you something. These people are very patient. Unlike Americans. Americans want it tomorrow. Or yesterday, actually. <laughs> well, now you're, you're contradicting yourself. You're saying they want to kill us, but they're patient, so they're going to sit they're around and wait. Wait until what? Gonna, it's going to happen, and mark my words. Oh, I, you know what? I don't doubt that it might happen at some point. And it's if it does to. happen... There's no doubt about it. Well, if it they does happen, then... 
then your precious government didn't enough. keep you safe. Then the government didn't keep you safe. And, and 3,000 people in their mind wasn't enough. Well, they it's, it's absolutely bigger. true, Amy. Absolutely true. But why do you think they wanted to kill those people? They've been trying to kill us for 1,500 years. No, no. Who's us? We haven't even been here for the country's only been around three hundred years. I agree, but but the (laughs) Muslims themselves have been on a rampage for fifteen hundred. Amy, thank Ah. you for the call. We got to go for tonight, but we appreciate hearing from you as always. And everybody, if we didn't get to your calls, call us back Monday night. Get on the phones. We'll talk to you about whatever's on your mind. It's been Ian here with you and Mark. And as Mark was going to point out. If we hadn't been meddling in their affairs, they probably wouldn't have attacked us. And in that, to that end, Amy did agree that we should withdraw the troops from around the world. So I consider that a win. <laughs> we'll be back Monday night. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. And have a great weekend. 1-800-Flowers.com wants to remind you Thanksgiving is November the 23rd. Try the Harvest Glow centerpiece from 1-800-Flowers, either as a gift or to decorate your table this Thanksgiving. The small is $49.99 and the large is just $59.99. Call, click, or come in for fresh flowers and gourmet gifts delivered same day, any day. Use code FTL to save 10% on your next order. That's FTL for a 10% savings. 1-800-Flowers.com, your florist of choice for the holidays.